Hello, STEMcasters. Our guest today is the very amazing Anita. She formerly studied pharmaceutical sciences at university and then hopped onto tech. She now has blended the two and is offering her services as a software engineer at an online pharmacy. But do not be mistaken, that is not all she does. She has designed an awesome course that can help us lead a more meaningful and purposeful life. Let's catch up with this inspirational young lady to find out more. This podcast is in partnership with Jess Education, the leading education conference and exhibition in the region. Visit www.gessseducation.com to hear previous subcasts if you've missed them. And now, onto the show. All right, Anita, welcome to the STEMcast podcast. I'm very happy to have you here with me today. Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited. Awesome. What I want to do is take you all the way back, right, to when you were a child. What was your childhood ambition at that point? And did you know that you're going to get into tech eventually? Like, how did that play out for you? Um, yeah, I actually had no idea. So I started off, um, uh, I wanted to be a pilot, like funnily enough, I, I thought it was cool. That was pretty much the main reason. And um, when it came time to uh, choose my A-levels, which is the two years before university in the UK, um, I decided to pick up um, physics and maths for to become a pilot. And then my parents, like many parents, uh, wanted me to study medicine or dentistry. So um, they encouraged me to apply for or to um, pick up uh, chemistry and biology. And the funny thing was that as I entered my A-levels, I you know, went into it disliking chemistry and I left my A-levels kind of falling in love with chemistry. Um, so I decided to pursue a degree that was related to chemistry. And that's why I chose uh, pharmaceutical science. And actually, like, tech was never on my radar until later on. Yeah, it's, it's so funny that you say that, you know, because like, like you, when I was younger, I wanted to be a librarian, like that was my first <laughs> thing ever. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, then I decided to, you know, do other things, etc. But I never just like, I never thought that I was going to get into entrepreneurship. So very much like you, you know, life kind of just takes you to, you know, new and surprising places. So I think, I think we should stop here, though, because a lot of our listeners are youth, right? And sometimes they would like to think that they want to try and figure it out uh, mm-hmm. by the time, you know, they're 20, 25, etc. But obviously, we know that, you know, life doesn't always go that way. And it, it has other plans that it'll throw you some curveballs and you'll have to adjust. So you talked a little bit about, you know, kind of not, not enjoying chemistry, right? And, and, and you decided, okay, you know what, like, let me try and pursue something different. Some people would say, you know, just stick it out. You know, you, you dislike it, just keep doing it until you get that degree in your hand and then decide to do something different. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the chemistry thing was funny. It was, it was a testament to, to having a really, really good teacher at the time. And that really changed my perspective. I think, um, yeah, like I could have gone into it thinking that, um, 
you know, is not what I want to do, but, but actually like trying it, it was, it was good. But then when it came time to actually pursuing something else, like after the degree, I, I'd been in my role uh, for a couple of years and I, um, I kind of realized that the path I was on wasn't going to work out. Um, I spoke to a few people who were more senior than me and um, at first I thought oh, maybe I need to go back to university and do a master's or do something different but um, in the end I came to the conclusion that um, that wasn't going to work out for me so I um, um, at, at that point I decided okay I need to do something different and that's when I started looking into coding and tech. Yeah take us there because you know it, it just I'm just interested in how, you know, how things kind of evolved for you, right? And so, you know, you decided, all right, let's, let's see what I'm interested in. And then how did you get into coding and tech and what, what piqued your curiosity and what did you do since then? Yeah, I mean, at, at first I had no idea. Like, I just had a complete crisis. Like, I was just like, I know this is not what I want to do, but what else, like, can I do? Um, and it took me several months of just looking at different options and what I could do that eventually I landed on kind of two options um I'd heard about coding and how it's you know it's the, the future and it's like a valuable skill so it piqued my interest and I also at the same time I was really into um documentaries like I was, I was obsessed with them at the time so I thought oh maybe filmmaking could be an option so I gave myself this challenge to try both at the same time and see which one would um you know, I would enjoy more and take me further. And the funny thing is that at the time I was, um, uh, we were going on holiday. So I thought to myself, okay, when we come back, I'm going to uh, put videos together and make a video. And then at the same time, I'll do um, uh, Code Academy, which is a website where you can learn coding. I, I thought I'll do a bit of that and do them side by side. And actually um, the coding just was so much more exciting to me. And um, I kept coming back home after work, trying it, and I'd lose track of time. It was just incredible. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, I need to pursue this further. Two thoughts here. One is I loved how you kind of just played with your, you know, played with possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. Things that were, you were interested in. Yeah, let's, let's see if, if, if I could merge filmmaking with coding. But you gave your you gave your, your yourself permission to mm -hmm. try things out. Did you do like, you know, many projects and you figured, okay, maybe this is not for me. And 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 you just felt like, you know, coding was the calling because it was very interesting for you. And you figured, okay, well, if I'm interested, I might actually make something out of this. But initially you started out without like a formal education in coding, et cetera. And then how, how did that, you know, how did that um, expand later on? So you decided, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in coding. Did you end up, uh, you know, doing like a formal degree for that? Or are you completely self-taught? So um, about maybe two months into teaching myself to code in, in my free time, I was like, okay, now this stuff is getting difficult. Like I need a community around me. So I started looking online and eventually I landed on um, this website where um, I found out about Founders and Coders, which is a bootcamp in London. And they teach you, um, like kind of they help you um, to learn to code with other people. It's kind of like peer led. Um, and it's funny because it was like, Three, the cohort was about to start like three, three weeks away from when I found out about it. 
And by the time I got accepted, it was like two weeks away and I had to hand in my notice. And that was when I had to decide, okay, am I going for this and like handing in my notice or am I going to, um, you know, stay with a safe option and carry on exploring on the side. And I was just like, I cannot let this opportunity go. Like, I was really scared because I thought, what if I start, I, I do it for a couple of months and then I just lose interest and, you know, it gets too hard or for whatever reason, you don't, you don't want to do it anymore. Um, but I think at that point, those in those two months, I had learned how to learn for the first time, um, which is which is crazy that I'd never learned that at school. But um, I knew that, okay, even if this doesn't work out, now I have the skill that I can apply to other things. So eventually I'll land on something that I like. But in the end, it actually worked out. So Yeah, no, these are, you know, real gems here because you're, you're talking about very important things, learning how to learn. And I want to dig a little bit you know, deeper here. How, how did you visualize that learning? Like, how did that come out to be? Like, how did you say, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm finally understanding this. And this is actually a very useful skill, which I can take with me, you know, for whatever career I decide to, to pursue, uh, whatever uh, side projects I'm interested in, et cetera. So what did that look like for you in terms of practicality? I, I actually understand what I'm learning about. Like I have, you know, I can see it, like learning is visible for the first time. I think it was the fact that I knew why I was learning. So when I was at school, I always, I remember I used to ask my dad, okay, why do I need to know this? And then sometimes he would try and tell me, oh, okay, you need to like, you need to calculate the area of a room because then if you're buying a carpet, it will be handy. Like he would try and tell me this like real life scenarios where the thing I was learning at school would help me with. But most of the time I just wasn't convinced. And so learning from that place is really difficult because in the back of my your mind, you're just like, what's the point? Uh, whereas when it came to coding, it was like, oh, this stuff helps me build a website or makes me build the things that I use as a consumer. And it's something that I can um, potentially do as a career. So there was a big motivation, a big reason for learning it. So then every time I would learn something, it would stick much better. And that was the first time I realized, oh, my God, this is this is learning, not revising for exams. Right, right. I mean, you know, you take me back to, to, to school and university where it was just a matter of, you know, re like remember certain facts, write them down on a paper, you'll do well. And, and we moved away, like, I'd like to say that we moved away a little bit at least, um, but traditional education, unfortunately, still needs a little bit of a shakeup. Uh, but like you said, if you're invested, emotionally invested in what you're learning about, the outcome is going to be a lot better. Like you, you know, you're not doing it for grades. You're not doing it for like external motivation. It's completely intrinsic. And you can see the, the value, even if, if nothing happens um, afterwards. So like, I'd really want to encourage the youth listening in to, to really take this, you know, if they were to take one thing away from the podcast so far is this, is, you know, nothing is, you know, is a, a waste of time or, or no skill is, you know, a wasted skill. Take the time. To, to first find what you're interested in like you did and really see, you know, if, if this is something that you'd like to pursue and give yourself that opportunity to do so. You know, I, I wanna segue a little bit to talk about this marriage, right? Of, of these two different things like health and tech. And you just felt like, boom, let's bring them together. 
talk to us a little bit about that. Like, how did that come to be? How did you find the marriages of like these two different industries coming together? And, and what, what excited you the most about that opportunity? So I'd been, uh, obviously, after I went into tech, I kind of thought that the health stuff was behind me. Um, I thought I'm just going to be, you know, working in tech as a software engineer. But then um, about a couple of years ago, I uh, was approached by a company that was an online pharmacy. And it just seemed like the perfect opportunity. I was like, oh, maybe this would be a great way to kind of return to tech and use that interest um, that was kind of laying dormant at the time to, re you know, renew that interest and uh, apply it to my job. And um, it's been, yeah, it's been my favorite job so far. It's just incredible to have both of my interests at the same time. And, and why limit yourself to one thing when you can do two, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's, there's an artist in you as well. You know, you talked a little bit about filmmaking, that this is something that you might be interested in. Did you ever think of, okay, maybe I, I might want to even expand to include the arts and what would that look like? Have you thought that like that far ahead? Yeah, I um, I think last, last year I uh, took a course by a guy called Jack Butcher that was um, a design course aimed at non-designers to help them convey ideas with design. And it was just a phenomenal course. I Since, since then, I've been able to use it in my blog posts. So I use, whenever I'm trying to explain a difficult concept, I'll try and use some visuals. And it's been so amazing, so fun to incorporate that into my writing. And writing itself is also a um, creative outlet for me. And then, and I think like when I was, when I was younger, I used to make music on the computer. So maybe I'll return to that at some point. Uh, yeah, I love, I love the arts. I love your approach of just giving yourself that space. I genuinely like I really really love it that you know you, you haven't parked somewhere to say okay like this is it but you're giving yourself that flexibility to just move around and see how things go I think that's just such a beautiful approach to life in general and one thing that I wanted to say about um you, you know you, you talked a little bit about the arts I'm missing it right now hopefully it comes to me you know sometimes <laughs> you, sometimes your mind plays tricks on you oh yes there we go um but but I can I can go back to all like the the data because unfortunately I haven't slept well last night and uh it's coming you know you can you can see it today but anyways um about the the communication the science communication yeah so I understand completely because from from let's say communities that don't have scientific backgrounds it makes a lot more sense to be able to communicate big scientific ideas and break them up and, and, you know, present them visually because, you know, some, like for someone like me who doesn't have a science background, it's going to take, you know, a long time and effort to, to really understand the gist of what that paper is talking about. Whereas, you know, when you digest that, that paper visually and make it super simplified, I think that's where, you know, you're communicating scientific principles in a very effective manner. And I, I, I see how it would serve you definitely. So I, I love the marriage of, of the arts in there as well. Yeah. And, the, and actually that process helps you realize what you don't know yourself as well. You think you know something. And then when it comes to actually visualizing it and you're like, oh, actually, there are some gaps in my knowledge and I need to go back to the drawing board. No pun intended. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd like to talk about your 
course that you worked on, the online course. So it's called The Power of Knowing What You Want, right? I want to know, and it's just like in my, in my mind, I kind of see how you came, you came to it eventually, you know, just from understanding your history, it makes sense that you would be interested in, in like something that you yourself went through and you wanted to have like maybe a resource for yourself first to kind of understand the major decisions that you took in your life and, and, you know, distill it down to values, like what's valuable to me. Let's talk about, you know, the motivation behind the course. What did you personally wanted to get away from, from it? And yeah, let's stop there. And then I, I really don't do want to dig in a little bit deeper to, to share some practical takeaways that we can give our audience today. Sure. Yeah. As, um, as you said, I, I went through that process where I was trying to decide what I wanted to do and um, what career I was going to take. Um, that was kind of when the plan was, um, oh, sorry, the seed was planted. And, but then what happened was after about two years into my software engineering career, I realized that what I'd been doing at that point was I was aiming to be this like top, top developer. And I was kind of working towards that goal and, and actually pursuing that goal was kind of making me unhappy because I was looking at everything from that perspective. If I was giving a project at work, I would try and see if it's going to maximize my learning. If I was doing stuff in my free time, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, I should be coding right now. And so it was just, the whole thing was making me a bit miserable. And so one day I sat down and I was like, okay, why, why am I pursuing this goal? Like, why, why this? And the realization I came came to just really surprised me because I realized I was doing it because I was looking up to other top developers and I wanted to be like them and I wanted their approval. And when I realized that, I was like, that's the wrong reason to be to be pursuing this goal for. And as soon as I came to that understanding, everything just shifted for me. Um, and then I started enjoying my job more. It, I took off, the, you know, I just took off the pressure um and so discovering that just sent me off this on this whole journey of okay how is it that I was pursuing this goal without realizing why I was doing it and how how do we end up in this situation and then I started talking to other people and realized that this is quite a common problem and so I yeah I just discovered a lot along the way and I thought okay I need to put that stuff out there yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did because, you know, I came across you through the course and I, I took it personally. And, and, you know, like I shared with you in, uh, on, on Twitter is that I, for the first time, I was able to be super clear about my values. Like values is just one of those things where, you know, you think you know what, you're, you know, what, what values uh, you have until like you actually have to sit down and really think about you know, your decisions and what are they motivated by, et cetera. And it's not what you say as much as what you do. You can, you know, you can say that you're, you're, you know, you're, you value, you know, trust, integrity, whatever, but the reality might be something completely different. So it was very eye-opening in that respect to actually take the time to sit down and, and really look back and see like, why did I decide to take some of the decisions that I took? And what are the, you know, I distilled it down to like four, um, four values that I feel like my, my life revolves around that. Let's talk about how could our, you know, our audience here today, like how could they be really clear about 
some of their values? Like what, what exercises? And, and, and I, I enjoyed a lot of the exercises, but one of them, let me tell you, one of them really kind of, oh man, like think of your life like 20, 20 or 25 mm-hmm. years from now. That was tough. I have to say yeah. that was tough because it just seems like, you know, you know it, it could, it could go, you know, in many ways. And, but at the same time, what you're saying is you, you know, you can, you can shape it. Uh, right. So yes, it can, it can, it can go multiple ways. And even if you try, like it might not go exactly the way that you would want to, but you have the opportunity to put down, you know, what you think is, is, is the best case scenario for you. Like what you want to, what you want your life to look like in 25 years and try to reverse engineer and, and, and take yourself there. So what exercises would you share with our audience that they could do from home? Um, yeah, it's funny that you touched on the 25 year um, exercise because that's, that's one of my favorite ones as well. It's like the thing that really shook me when I first did it. And um, I think that's one I would highly recommend to people. And it's one that, um, you know, I've done a few versions of it and I've landed on a good um, good kind of uh, layout where basically you um, you pick a typical day of your dream life. So it's not like your dream day. It's not like your wedding day or uh, it's just a typical, let's say, Wednesday in your dream life. And you give every single detail on that piece of paper. So you write um, everything from your bed to your house to like the people in the house, the animals, everything. And um, something I learned from a coach called uh, Joe Hudson was to do, we did a similar um, version of this exercise in, in one of the courses I did. And um, what he said was to use the present tense um, when you're writing. So instead of writing in the future tense, you use, you write as if you're describing today. And by doing that, you engage all the emotions because now it's no longer hypothetical. It's something that in your mind you're experiencing. And that really helps um, give that vision and that um, clarity. And so returning to that exercise is is a really good one. Um, The other thing I would recommend is experimentation. Like there's been so many times in my life where I've said, oh, that that thing is not for me. I, I don't think I would like that. And then I've tried it and I've been surprised by by the outcome and um, I think when I started thinking about what was holding me back was um, before I had this limiting belief that for example when I would uh, because I was so like curious about a lot of things I wanted to pick up lots of things at the same time and I'd always do them for a while and then I would drop them and move on to the next thing and that really discouraged me because in, in the back of my mind I would say oh I'm not a finisher I always drop things but actually what I realized was I was learning so many things from those experiments that was carrying through to other areas of my life and so I came up with this reframe which um, I call in the course I call it uh, the two bucket method which is basically mm, framing all of your projects and hobbies in your life as falling into one of two buckets um, and the first bucket is just for experimentation. It's like, have fun, whatever, try try anything that seems interesting. And the idea is that it's leaky by design. So there's a there's a hole in the bucket. So anything can anything that goes in can fall through, it's fine. And then on the other hand, you have bucket two, which is 
things that you do want to sustain over time. So let's say you've done something for three months and you find out, okay, that's, um, that's something I want to do for longer because it's interesting. Um, then that, that can be a bucket two project and that can, that can have a bit more of a pressure on like sustaining over time. And yeah, in my case, I only have, you know, two or three bucket two projects at a time and then like tens and tens of bucket one projects. And that framing just really helps with not having guilt about dropping things. And I loved your approach to, you know, to goal setting because, you know, sometimes we can be too hard on ourselves, right? You know, you, you put out a goal and you say, okay, like this is the goal that I want to accomplish and, you know, in X time, it might be a little too ambitious, but, you know, you're driven, right? And you, you're like, I'm, I want to do it um, regardless of, you know, like whatever the outcome may be, or, you know, there, there might be circumstances that might not, you know, be ideal, but I'll, I'll still get there. But sometimes it's like, you know, not just who are you doing this goal for, but also, you know, are you motivated by the right things? Um, and, and and this kind of leads me to, you know, how you were able to just chop off some of the things that wasn't working for you because you realized, okay, well, this is just extra stress and it's not really helping me move forward, move the needle forward, or even just, you know, take me that one step closer to my ideal life or vision of my life. And, and to say okay to, you know, some goals not serving you and saying, hey, you know what, like, this is no longer serving my life. I'm just going to cut it out of my life and, and pursue a new goal. And so the question then becomes, and this is, you know, a little bit of a big question, but I've been thinking about this, and I really do want to hear your insights on it. How do you measure your life? You know, what kind of metrics, um, again, if it's, whether it's, it's, it's specifically related to the course, if it's... Um, you know, just like, you know, your vision 20, 25 years from now, how would you, you know, how would you measure life? What are the specific metrics, especially that you said that, you know, if you're not tracking the right things, then, you know, you might land at a completely different destination, uh, the one that you, you wasn't intending on uh, going to, but, you know, by design, you, you know, the design itself is flawed. So obviously the, the outcome is going to be flawed as well. So I'm throwing out a big question for you. <laughs> I think it's kind of the stuff that you touched on about the values. Like um, if, um, you know, after taking some time and sitting down to understand your values, you see that, okay, these are, these are the things that matter to me inside. And these are the things I do because of external forces. Because let's say it's something that my parents instilled in me or it's something that I picked up on in, in society. And I think the more we do things from a place of you know those internal values and those um kind of i call them drivers um the more i think satisfied we're likely to be because then our actions are influenced by us more than by the outside world uh because what happens is that a lot of the times we kind of like what was happening to me is like i was chasing this goal because i was trying to seek approval from other people and then I had to dig in and be like, okay, where does this approval come from? Did I inherit it from uh, my upbringing? Did I inherit it from society? And really um, breaking that down and being like, okay, the thing that actually matters to me is belonging in this case. So for me, it's like, I want to belong with people that matter to me and the people that are you know, like-minded and stuff. So it's more that I want to belong with people than I want to try and impress them. 
or the thing about, uh, you know, the other thing I realized was uh, one of the reasons that I was chasing this, like becoming a top top developer um, goal was because I wanted to be competitive in the job market. And that was um, to do with, you know, money and status. And what I actually realized was actually the thing that really matters to me is freedom. I want to be free. When I wrote down the 25 year plan, I was like, I can see this like freedom is all over, <laughs> all over it. And then I also saw that like manifest itself in different areas of my life. So I think the more we get those intrinsic values, the more I think we're likely to be happy. Something very interesting happened after I completed the exercise about the values. Again, because there was so much clarity, I started, you know, checking in with myself very regularly, like doing something and, and then just being like, uh-huh, now I know I have done it because like that was that was the motivation, like that's the driver. Did, did, like, does that happen to you as well? Like you're just oh, yeah. like, I know what I'm driven by now, so I'm not surprised by the decisions that I'm taking. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because that was the the goal, like that was the goal of the exercise to so that you see it show up in different areas of your life. Like you, you're in a meeting at work and you're like, oh, I just said that thing because I was trying to impress or I was trying to, you know, whatever I was doing. And oh, I just did this thing in like, you know, another area of my life. And you start noticing it everywhere in your life. And then because you notice it, the, the, like the coolest thing I've learned on this whole journey is that when you become aware of why you do things, they just shift like before for example if I did something let's say in a social situation or something I didn't like about myself I'd be like oh I need to stop doing that and I would be like really harsh on myself and that that never worked like it just had the opposite effect but then what I discovered along the way is that actually when I realized why I'm doing it it just kind of shifts by itself it just goes away after after a while you realize oh it's not there anymore yeah um just on that topic, can you suggest some, you know, some routines or exercises, et cetera, that the youth can do to become more self-aware? What are some of the things that they can do to, you know, to, again, it's not, it's funny in hindsight when you think about like, you know, we should be self-aware, but what does that actually mean? Like, what, what can we do to make ourselves even more self-aware? Yeah, I think it can be quite an abstract topic, um, but just journaling on things you notice by yourself. So for example, uh, like similar to what we were saying about awareness, I realized that I used to apologize all the time. I would always preface things with sorry. I would be like, sorry to bug you or sorry to like, <laughs> like in the UK, a lot of people apologize anyways, but I was just taking it to the next level. And I, I really didn't like doing that. Um, and obviously at first I tried the whole, like I should stop doing that. And obviously that didn't work and um but then writing down like oh the reason I do that is because I don't want to be wrong that was the only reason I was doing it and as soon as I wrote that down I was like okay now I know why and then it just kind of went away by so so writing down what what, why we do what we do and then the other one which is a um exercise I learned from uh, the coach I mentioned before um Joe Hudson is uh reframing shoulds um, so a lot of the times we say to ourselves, you know, I should exercise, I should um, work out more, I should read more. But actually, uh, there is always a want underneath that should. So for example, if you say, I want to exercise, or sorry, I should exercise, there is a want in there. It's like, 
oh, I want to feel good in my body or I want to be healthy when I get older. There's, there's a deep want in there. And actually, if we write down what that want is, then over time we end up um, kind of being able to do those things without feeling this burden of, of a strong should. And as, as we write these, these things down, we end up understanding ourselves much better. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of an exercise that I did, like I did it for, you know, for like a, in a business accelerator, but I, I feel like it could really work for anything, which is maybe, I don't know, you probably heard of it, like the five whys. So you have to ask why five times to be able to really be crystal clear as to what is it that you're actually wanting out of what you do. And very similar, you know, I mean, even on the topic of eating healthy, like no one, like if given the opportunity, if given the option, no one would want to, you know, eat healthy, quote unquote, if, if you can eat junk and get away with it, right? But it's, it's really a matter of like, distill it down. Like, why are you eating healthy? Not because you enjoy the taste of it, not necessarily, but it's because, you know, you have a specific image of yourself, let's say, um, in a few years or, you know, like a, a fitter version of yourself, et cetera, et cetera. Just on the topic of values before we move on to something else, how, like do values change? And, and if they do, how often do they change? Like just your thoughts on this, like, because is it written in stone? Like these are your values and they're never going to change ever. Or like, has it changed in your case, for example? Oh yeah, they, they do change. They you kind of iterate on them over time by um, just living life and seeing how they kind of interact with your life over time and you become aware of um, of what matters to you in practice. Like you may, maybe you say something matters to you, but actually in practice, your be behavior or your actions are um, saying something else. Um, for me, when I did um, like the driver's exercise that we mentioned, um, I did it, I don't know, two, three years ago. And then I revisited every year you know at least once a year and it always shifts a bit like some things are kind of still there I feel like um the freedom one one is is a really strong one that is always there but some things shift like I think um yeah approval for example was much higher on my list and it's now lower um there's also things that uh if if it's a driver that you feel like it's something that influences your behavior but it's not something that you necessarily want I think just by realizing that sometimes it can shift a bit as well. So let's say you're seeking status and you realize, oh yeah, I'm driven by this, even if the, even even though I might not want to. Uh, but then by seeing how that shows up in your life, it can shift as well. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, I, I thought about that. And like, that 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 would be a good question to ask you because, you know, you you thought about values uh, a lot when designing your course. Let's talk a little bit about your daily routine. What is it? Do you have a routine that you stick to on a daily basis? What does it look like? Like just walk us through a day in the life, if you will. Sure. Um, yeah. So I woke up, wake up in the morning and I go for a walk, uh, usually with a podcast in my ears or a book or something. Uh, I really like walking, especially since lockdown and I can't go climbing anymore. It's kind of the main, one of the main exercises I do. And then I come back to work and then um, sometimes I'll try and get some writing done if I can. Um, and then in the evening, um, a lot of the times I'm doing some online courses like here and there, I come kind of an online course addict. Um, otherwise, um, the thing that I've been doing for like the last few months that I really, really enjoy is 
and doing stretches in the evening. It's just like, it just feels amazing. It's so relaxing. Um, and then, yeah, those are, I think, the walk in the morning with a podcast and the stretches in the evening are the, the most kind of, uh, the ones that are always there, basically. Yeah, it's like your anchors, you know, your, your morning exactly. ritual, your evening ritual, regardless of how the day pans out, like this is something that you you must get done. And I'm all for walking and, and you know, I just, I love just that release um, I don't do it in the morning though, but it's so nice that you do it early in the morning. Uh, what, what kind of podcast do you usually listen to? What, what kind of books? Let's, let's geek out on that. And I do see like some, uh, Tim Ferriss, I think, right? Tribe of Mentors. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I actually I mean, have it like right next to my bed, but there's such big books that, you know, you, you end up like reading one or two chapters a day and then, or like at night, cause they're just you know, quick, quick, like, uh, it's not something that I could read, like, for three, four hours at a time. Like, I, I enjoy just getting some insights from, you know, key and in, interesting people, uh, but in, like, small bite sizes. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been using them as a laptop stand for a while. But yeah, I'll, I'll do the same thing. I like look at them, you know, for like half an hour or something. And then I come back to them like a few weeks later. Yeah, you can't really binge, binge those books. Um, yeah, I actually really like the Tim Ferriss podcast. That's one that I really like. And another one where I want to health out on, sorry, geek out on health stuff is uh, the Rhonda Patrick uh, podcast. I think it's called Found My Fitness. Um, I like geeking out on that one. Um, a podcast that I'm really into that right now, um, I think a new season is coming out. It's called um, After On. And it's about, yeah, science and technology. It's, it's a really good podcast um and then and then yeah books um a really good book that has made a really big impact on me is a book called uh, radical self-acceptance by tara brock you might have heard of it um it's um it's about this whole idea that we walk around life with this um feeling of we're like we're not good enough and the strategies that we use to to kind of cope with that and the idea is that the more we accept ourselves, the kind of freer we'll be, the less suffering we'll feel. Um, so that's a good one. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the psychology of money, just to like learn about personal finance because it's something that you don't learn about at school. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, you know, it, it, it's funny that we kind of came full circle because we <laughs> talked about like some of the things that unfortunately schools are not preparing us for. And then you know, when you, when you're in the real world, you realize like, why did I not get taught about finance, which is like super important. Like, you know, you land your first job and then you realize, okay, I have a salary. Now what do I do? Right. That was my personal experience, like years back when I joined the workforce, but because, you know, they don't necessarily give you that, you know, (laughs) the life skills that you need. Uh, you know, to be able to really navigate life, uh, relationships even, uh, you know, how, how can you, um, you know, uh, I guess, like, take care of your own emotions, but also the emotions of others and how, you know, how do you build like flourishing relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big STEM and STEAM advocate. So I advocate for, for STEAM and, you know, I, I love kids. And so my mission has been just empowering them because I feel like they're, superheroes in their own right and you know they just need to be given the skills uh, to be able to do amazing things in life 
I'm wondering what what's your personal mission? What gets you up excited in the morning? Like <laughs> this is something that I, I have to do for the world. Like sometimes, like I have to be honest, like sometimes I dread waking up in the morning because I realize like ah, I have to, you know, do that thing that, that I don't want to do. It's sometimes it gets difficult, you know, in business and everything. But you know, you always have that bigger why. Like I'm not doing it for me, I'm not showing up for me. I'm showing up for people who are counting on me. What is your your big why? Like, what's your mission? So it's funny you ask that because, um, like, I've been living life with the last few years with just this this drive or this passion to learn, like, just to figure life out. Like, I just want to understand. But uh, right now, I'm going through a bit of a like a meaning crisis, really, like trying to figure out, okay, what is my bigger why? what is the thing that I want to do for other people because so far I've just been figuring stuff out to like sort my life out to get to a place where I can actually help other people and do other kind of more external things and right now I'm going through a bit of a yeah like I said I'm being in crisis to figure that out so that's that's the next chapter of my life yeah no I look I love it and I I applaud your you know your bravery uh, to be able to say it you know the way that it is and hey, there's no shame in saying, you know what, like, let me figure this thing out first. And, and you know, you'll realize that you're actually contributing in, in different ways, but you haven't like put the pieces together yet. Uh, you know, when you talked about your online course and the, your personal, you know, drive to, to create it, it was because you personally went through that uh, experience and you realized it might help someone else. And then, you know, you hear from me and many others that actually, Hey, I'm so glad you, you know, you put it together because I got so much value out of it. So it's just, you know, you kind of doing things for you first and then realizing that maybe there are others that are on the same boat. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think just meaning is one of those things where like, sometimes it's so straightforward that you might not know it until, you know, later on, but I, I, I love that, you know, you're keeping your options open. I love that you're, like I said, playing with possibilities because it just really genuinely feels like learning for you is joyful and fun and you enjoy doing it. And there's nothing better, like really. So what would be your top tip for someone who, you know, who wants to be a lifelong learner? Like what would be the thing that would, you know, like a, a specific tip to say, like, this is how you could learn better, for example. So top tip for youth that, you know, that you want them to be like lifelong learners. Um, yeah, just pursue whatever you're curious about without putting much pressure on it, that it might, you know, whether it's going to work out, whether it's for you or not, like even the things that we think are not for us, um, actually there's always a version that will work for us so let's say you're not extroverted and you think that you know making videos is is difficult or it's not going to work out for you there's going to be a version that will work out for you so just just follow that um and you never know where it takes you like just experiment with with anything and everything and then eventually the learning will take care of itself yeah I love that I love that it's just hardcore learner really <laughs> you can you can tell but um you know I just wanted to stop here and say it's been fantastic so far getting into your head a little bit 
understanding, you know, your motivations behind the course, how you got into, you know, doing what you're currently doing, trying out all these different things, keeping your options open. And I think that's just, like I said, the best attitude for life. So I want to take this opportunity to thank you for jumping on the podcast and for sharing your, you know, your story with us. And I wish you all the very best uh, moving forward. Thank you so much, Latifa. I've had so much fun so far. Thank you very much. Thank you. Same here. Thank you all for tuning in. We aim to bring not only value-added content, but STEM-tastic content. So if you enjoy what we do, we have a small favor to ask. Be sure to subscribe and also to leave us a review. We would love that. It will really make our day. Until we see you next time, take care.